It's 1130 here at KRVN on this Tuesday, July 20th. Tyler Cavalli along with you. Thanks for making the World Voice of Nebraska part of your day. Good show coming up. We'll talk about the upcoming heat, of course, in the uh, about 15 minutes with Paul Perkins and our regional ag weather update. Jason Jorgensen is in for sports. He's in just a couple of minutes. Bob Rogan will tell us how stocks are performing so far in this Tuesday. Sounds like most are rebounding so far. But as we usually do, let's get things started with our own Susan Littlefield, who is joining us from Wisconsin. And Susan, how are things there in Wisconsin? I tell you, it is amazing. It's a beautiful weather today, and we're at the Wisconsin Farm Technology Show. I'm actually standing in the middle of an alfalfa field is mm. where the booth is for one of our affiliates. But you know the funny thing? I have fallen, and I'm working really hard, but I have fallen into the Minnesota-Wisconsin dialect. <laughs> and it's amazing how fast it comes out. So you might be hearing it there coming mm-hmm. up on the final bell because I can't help it. <laughs> the, the don't you know type of stuff going on. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, don't you know. It's going to be the fact that we're going to have cheese curds and stuff later on for lunch. As opposed to your Minnesota accent, Susan. <laughs> Sorry. There's not a lot of difference. <laughs> Channeling, it's all, it's all the same, isn't it? <laughs> Well, uh, we will try to uh, get your accent through, and as you do that, how? what do you have coming up for us on midday? We're going to kick everything off at uh, 12.19. I'm going to speak with AARP's, uh, they're going to bring some folks in from the Nebraska Attorney General's office about ways we can protect ourselves when it comes to scams and things that we shouldn't be doing in answering telephone calls, email messages, etc., Ben Bryce will step in at 12.45 as the National High School Finals Rodeo is underway in Lincoln. We're going to get an update as to what is happening about the rodeos taking place all this week in Lincoln. Over 1,600 rodeo contestants. And then at 1.17, Bryce will be talking with Grady Johnson. He's from Holdridge. He was named one of the four finalists in the FFA American Star Farmer Award. So that's going to be a midday on this Tuesday from the farm team. All right, good stuff. Sure, appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the farm show there in Wisconsin. I will do so. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you very much, Susan. All right. Let's turn things over to Jason Jorgensen in sports. Uh, is Does Minton have a uh, a certain dialect? Uh, uh... No. Okay. So that's right. standard Midwestern. Right. <laughs> but speaking of Wisconsin, <laughs> uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, offered uh, Aaron Rodgers a bunch of money, and he turned them down. They each are playing the uh, PR game at this point. Yeah. Not about the money. For him, he's upset with how that organization has been run. So, uh Apparently, he has turned down a contract that would have made him the highest-paid player in the NFL. They could they could solve all of this very quickly. Send him out to a team on the front range, known yeah. as the Denver Broncos, right, right. that need a quarterback. Correct. That's the reason why he turned down the contract is because he's you know he's looking for places in Denver. Listen, it's all coming to it's all happening. They're starting to run out of time. They are. That, and this worries me a little bit. I, I don't think it's going to happen this year for the Broncos, maybe next year. He's also, what, 37, yeah, 38? Yeah, he's not a spring chicken anymore. Could he set out a year? I, I don't know. If we'll see, too. Is, he hasn't been named the host of Jeopardy yet, has he? Right, no, he has not. Okay. All right, very good. Let's catch up with Bob Rogan. Stocks are higher as investors shake off a route from the day before brought on by concerns about the spread of a more contagious variant of COVID-19. Kawasaki Motors plans a $200 million expansion at its plant in Lincoln. Jeff Bezos has blasted into space on his rocket company's first flight with passengers. And the three biggest U.S. drug distribution companies and the drug maker Johnson & Johnson are on the verge of a multi-billion dollar deal to settle prescription opioid lawsuits. 4-H Report. 
It is time for Regional Ag Weather Update. Paul Perkins is now joining us. And, well, looking at the temperatures today, not too bad. 80s popping up for the most part. And... More clouds are beginning to move in just a little bit. Exactly. A little bit of patchy clouds, especially across the central and east areas of Nebraska and Kansas, along and east of a line from about Broken Bow down to Lexington, then to about Smith Center and Hayes, Kansas. Some patchy clouds along and east of that line. But I... I can't help but think that we are seeing some hazy sunshine from yeah. the wildfires. I haven't seen anything discussed in the forecast from the National Weather Service, but I can't help but think this haze that we are seeing, in addition to the clouds, is limiting the sunshine somewhat. It did appear that way when I was driving on the interstate coming to work this morning, that it just it was a little bit too thick th- yeah. to be humidity. Uh-huh. And it, it wasn't cloud cover, it wasn't fog. It just seemed like it was it, it from the wildfire smoke that we've seen in the past. That's yeah. what it reminded me of. Yeah, that's exactly what it reminds me of too and uh of course you can really see it at the sunset at night right, and yeah. as, as the sun gets closer to the uh, horizon there and stuff. Yeah, it's but. a little more red <laughs> exactly. uh, than, than usual. So, very good. Well, today uh, it's going to be a little bit warmer, but that's the trend here this week. Yes, uh, warming up as we move through the week here today and tomorrow not too bad but definitely feeling that heat as we head towards friday and saturday right now most of our temperatures in central areas of nebraska and kansas in the mid to upper 70s but we do have some low 80s and much of western and southwest nebraska northeast colorado and northwest kansas and also quite a few low 80s on into much of eastern nebraska the dew points not too bad the humidity right now not too overall bad or sticky most of us with dew points in the mid 60s across here some up for 50s to low 60s for dew points as you head towards more southwestern areas of Nebraska on into northwest Kansas. The mostly dry weather expected to continue until the weekend as the ridge of high pressure continues to build east across the plains. Our temperatures today through Thursday seasonal to slightly warmer than usual. That peak of the heat Friday and Saturday with daytime highs in the 90s. When you combine the heat with the humidity, it's going to feel like it's close to the low to mid 100s for Friday and Saturday for our heat index readings. A weak cold front pushes south, possibly bringing a few thunderstorms for Saturday night into Monday. Coverage likely to be very isolated with light amounts. Temperatures will cool slightly, but still remain warmer than normal. Weather forecast models hinting at a resurgence of that ridge of high pressure and rising temperatures once again for the middle of next week. Many forecast models keeping the outlook mostly dry through the end of the month. Long story short, the end of July likely to end up being hotter and drier than normal. That prediction verifies in our long-term forecast. Above normal temperatures very likely Sunday through the first two days of August in Nebraska, Kansas, and nearly all of the U.S. The above normal temperatures expected during the warmest time of the year in central Nebraska when average daytime highs are in the upper 80s and average overnight lows in the low to mid-60s. Below normal rainfall predicted Sunday through August 2nd in Nebraska and Kansas. In the outlook for the month of August, above normal temperatures predicted for Nebraska with seasonal temperatures expected for Kansas. Nebraska and Kansas rainfall for August should be near normal to slightly below normal. Those higher chances of below normal rainfall more towards the Nebraska panhandle. Key weather factors in the markets include hot and mostly dry weather across the Corn Belt and the end of frost in southern Brazil. A heat wave continues in drought-ravaged areas of Montana and the Dakotas. Yesterday's high temperature, 110 in Glasgow, Montana. That's the highest reading in that location since July 18th of 1936, the Dust Bowl wow. era. That's hot for up there. Yes. Wow. 
The next several days, mostly dry weather will accompany the building heat across the nation's midsection, including the plains and western Corn Belt. Although most crops across the central and southern plains have adequate to soil moisture, to withstand a spell of hot, dry weather, some corn and soybeans in drier conditions of the western Corn Belt may experience some increasing stress. Meanwhile, the northern plains will continue to experience a variety of profound drought-related impacts, including dry land crop losses and water supply shortages. For the northern Midwest this week, some isolated rain is possible. With more scattered rain this weekend, temperatures will be above normal for northwestern areas of the Midwest that continue to be drier as well, stressing their developing to reproductive corn and soybeans. Conditions continue to be much better across the southeast Midwest, where drier conditions will allow more saturated soils to drain. The southern plains drier for the rest of this week, but temperatures should remain on the mild side until Friday when temperatures go on a warming trend. Overall conditions favorable across the southern plains for the remaining wheat harvest and developing to reproductive corn and soybeans. In southern Brazil, there was some limited frost across Piranha and Rio Grande do Sul, harming the remaining filling corn. Temperatures will warm up, though, through the end of the week. The dry weather this week, not favorable for south Brazil crops. Feels like a lot of different areas across the U.S. or just in, in the world in general have been seeing a lot of w- hot temperatures that they haven't seen either ever or breaking new records. Yes, yeah, a very strong upper ridge of high pressure across the western U.S. Luckily, that hasn't moved too far our mm-hmm. way, but mm-hmm. it looks like we could be getting some taste of it as we head into the middle part of next week. All right. Well, we'll we'll uh, be on watch for that <laughs> then. Uh, for a full weather forecast, where can somebody find that? Weather page, krvn.com. All right, thank you, Paul. Auto dealerships. More and more Nebraskans are worried about identity theft. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Caught up with Phil Carlson. He is the Assistant Attorney General for the Nebraska Attorney General's Office as we talked about ID theft. We're talking about... um, some of the some of the different ways they they steal our identities, right? Sometimes the scam call is the way they steal our identity. So if you don't answer that call, you may be protecting your identity there. Um, if we're talking about something that's a little more common, for instance, where uh, you know some corporation's been hacked and and they've been able to steal your identity from that corporation, they already have your identity. Um, some of the things you can do to protect yourselves are to always make sure you're monitoring your credit bureau report. Make sure that you're checking to see that. You can get a free credit bureau report from each credit bureau agency once a year. So you can be monitoring that, making sure there's nothing there that's fishy, nothing that's unauthorized. Always keeping a close eye on all of your accounts to make sure that they're not trying to dip in there. If you see, uh, you know, if you get an email or if you get a, a, a text message from somebody you have an app with, somebody you have an account with saying, hey, looks like unauthorized uh, account activity, you got to be careful with that because sometimes scammers will use those types of emails to try to trick you into giving your information. Um, call and verify with the, the bank or whatever the agency is. Reach out to them directly. Don't reach out through the email or through the, through the text they send you because that could be a phishing link. Um, those are a few ways. We have a lot of that information on our website as well um, uh, under our identity theft guide. Uh, so they, people should definitely check that out to get more information on that. Well, I think it's very interesting that we need to act on it right away if something yes. comes up. Don't don't think, oh, well, it's a Friday. I'll wait till Monday to take care of this. 
No, if you do that, you could be cleaned out. You could be wiped out. Make sure you get on it right away. Make sure you call the fraud numbers that your bank gives you. Uh, make sure you call the fraud numbers that, that each entity that you're working with, that you're worried your information's been taken for. Uh, make sure you call those right away and get on it right away because you don't want to get cleaned out. You could face some serious financial hardship if you do. What about for for families who've had family members pass away and you're suddenly getting mail from them, for them and they've been gone for a while? Is there the potential that somebody has either opened an account or is, is utilizing their information? Yeah, there's that potential. Um, I, I got to tell you, I haven't seen that too much, but it's definitely something that that I've I've thought, man, that's something we probably want to be concerned about. Um, make sure you're calling credit bureau agencies and things like that. Um, having a, you know, if it's somebody who's passed away, having a copy of the death certificate that you can send in to um, creditors and things like that is is something you want to have on hand because that's something that's going to be kind of uh, good proof to them that hey, this this individual is actually deceased and shouldn't have an account. Just to be careful, be careful when you're out there on the internet. Remember that everything that happens on the internet could potentially uh, open you up to something. Be careful where you're going there. When you're when you're answering the phone, when you're answering emails, always be mindful that they could be trying to get your information. They could be trying to scam you in some way, shape, or form. Just be wary. Be watchful. If you have a problem, if you have a question, if you have a concern, feel free to give us a call at the Attorney General's office. Uh, we'd be happy to talk with you about those things, work you through any potential issues you may have. Assistant Attorney General Phil Carlson. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network. It is time for Midday Sports. Jason Jordan is now joining us and Aaron Rodgers, our top story here this afternoon. The soap opera this summer continues. He has reportedly turned down a contract, a two-year deal that would have made him the highest paid player in the league. Right now, he and the Packers, they're, they're playing a game of poker. Uh, who's going to blink first? Does the team think he'll actually show up or is he prepared to say, hey, I'm done? So he obviously doesn't like the front off, as he basically said, uh, whoever's running it, if he doesn't step down or, or go away, that he's not coming back. I don't th- I think he and the coach are fine. Also, if the Packers were to trade him, they lose a lot of money They because of how it's, con- uh, it's situated this year. So, I don't know. I, honestly, he, he may just retire. He could. He and, didn't have anything left to prove. He still, honestly, can still play. He's oh, one of course. The, coming up, one of the best seasons of his career. He's won a Super Bowl. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's got all the money from the commercials, from playing. I mean, at this point, it's just trying to... He's not going to catch Brady. You know, he's not going to catch Peyton. He's no. not going to catch those those legends. Uh, so, at this point, it's like he can play hardball if he wants. But he could revitalize the Denver Broncos. Listen, I'm on board for that. If I keep, if we keep saying it over and over, we'll, we'll, it'll happen and make it fruition. So we'll see. It'd be cool if it happened, but right. each day that passes, it doesn't look likely yeah. for this year. 
After rallying from two games down, Milwaukee Bucks return home with a 3-2 lead and a chance to wrap up an NBA title tonight at home against Phoenix. I'll have to admit, this surprises me. Uh, watching the first couple of games when the Bucks were taken apart, I didn't think the Suns would have any mm-hmm. trouble here. Mm-hmm. They've done a remarkable job of turning around this series, and that'd be great for Milwaukee if they could win it. You know, I when Giannis won his first couple of MVPs and then got this huge contract, a little skeptical, great player, and deserve maybe one of the MVPs and probably the contract, but I'm still skeptical of what he could do. He's he's got this team, and honestly, they they probably should win this game tonight. You would think momentum's on their yeah, side, yeah. but he's a freak. That's why they call him uh, the Greek freak. He he is. A, he could have played back in the day. Oh sure, it's still been. Re- Pretty dominant, yeah. even maybe more mm-hmm. so. And the NCAA spent nearly $68 million on legal services during the fiscal year 2019-2020. That's according to tax documents. No surprise here, NCAA revenue was down more than 50% over the previous year, from more than $1 billion to just over $520 million. That drop is blamed on the cancellation of men's basketball tournament 2020. And if I remember right, Mark Emmert, the head of NCAA, made $2 million from last year and got a little bit of a raise. Hmm. So. He had a good contract. <laughs> a pandemic yeah. safe yeah. contract. And you know, $520 million does not go as far as it used to. But mm-hmm. the NCAA, even there's been reports about Nebraska, they're all trying to make up that money they lost. And if right. they had a rainy day fund, they're having to tap into that just because way things everything way things played out don't make up that money this year no yeah or at least some of it they are not worried whatsoever no they shouldn't be at least so all right and if they didn't have money socked away that's their problem correct all right thank you very much affected nearly every facet of people's lives, including eating. American Psychological Association research finds more than 60% of adults have reported weight problems during the pandemic. McCall Dempsey is founder and director of Southern Smash, a program of the Alliance for Eating Disorder Awareness that was founded in Louisiana. The community that we serve that struggles with eating disorders, really we saw a significant increase in the pandemic and that was due to eating disorders thrive in shame and in secrecy and in isolation. And the one thing the pandemic did was isolate us all to our own homes. Dempsey says Southern Smash has created virtual support groups for folks who are dealing with eating disorders, which has been one advantage of the pandemic. She encourages people to reach out if they need help. A West Omaha High School band director has been arrested, accused of abusing a former student over a three-year period. The Douglas County Sheriff's Office says an arrest warrant was issued Monday for 55-year-old Michelle Bluford, director of the Elkhorn South High School Band, who has been employed by the district for two decades. Officials say Blueford was arrested around 7 p.m. Monday on the warrant charging her with felony child abuse. Investigators believe Blueford groomed a student at Elkhorn South starting in 2017, which led to sexual contact with the student. The sheriff's office said it first learned of the alleged abuse in June and launched an investigation. Kawasaki Motors Manufacturing plans a $200 million expansion at its plant in Lincoln, Nebraska, a move that is expected to bring hundreds of new jobs. The company plans to boost over the next 18 months its capacity to make jet skis, ATVs, 
and other small vehicles. The expansion will increase its assembly, paint, and welding lines, as well as bring more automation. The expansion will add about 550 new employees in its consumer production division and its rail car operations, despite increased automation, which the company contended is necessary due to the area's low unemployment rate. Stephanie Graffel has been announced as the new executive director of the Broken Bow Chamber of Commerce, according to a news release. Graffel will be responsible for managing all chamber-related events, welcoming new business members within the growing community, partnering with the Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors, as well as general management responsibilities. Graffel started at the Chamber of Commerce December 2020 as the administrative assistant. Since then, she has been the sole employee, collaborating with the current board of directors to maintain an active chamber office for all its business members. The Chamber of Commerce has continued to host or sponsor all their events during this time. Graffel says she comes into the position with an extensive medical office background, having spent over 15 years helping patients, and she looks forward to the opportunities this new career path provides. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network. The rodeo is underway in the capital city. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bryce Duskett reporting. The official numbers are in for this year's National High School Finals Rodeo, which is taking place at the Lancaster Event Center Fairgrounds this year. There are nearly 1,600 contestants and more than 2,000 horse stalls at this year's event. The check-in process of contestants, horses, and RV trailers is complete, and the rodeo is underway. I had the opportunity to catch up with the executive director of the National High School Rodeo Association, James Hickenbotham, yesterday morning during one of the performances. Well, it feels really good. You know, anywhere we go, the first day or two of camping and stalling and golf cart renting and just people learning the facility takes a few days. But normally this day, things settle out. You can tell by the traffic flow that things are getting better. Well, we do have the rodeo going on in the arena as you and I have this conversation on Monday morning. You've got two performances each weekday this week. Of course, we want to invite folks out to experience this kind of once-in-a-lifetime event that's got, that's in Lincoln this year. Talk about the performances, what time people can come, can come out to these. Well, first I'd like to say last night was the per- first performance, and normally you have a few bugs to work out in the first performance, but we really had good reports from all four arenas. We've got four arenas going on at one time. You can come at 9 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock at night each day this week through Saturday. Saturday will be the top 20, which means in each event the top 20 contestants that with the best scores or times will be competing that night for a world championship. You mentioned you've got four arenas, activities happening in them at once. Talk about the logistics behind that. Of course, you can't manage all that yourself, but you've got a lot of great people, I assume, within the association. Yeah, each one of our arenas have what we call an arena director, and uh, they're a national director from various states that get people to help them. Other directors are helping them. But uh, it's pretty interesting to see four things happening at once. You can go from one building to the next or choose your liking and and view that one but uh, it takes a lot to get the stock around a lot of planning uh, moving from one arena to the other in the case of the rain cows and the cutting but uh, we've got a lot of animals on ground well taken care of you should just come out and look at them and see see the condition they're in and you can tell that the contractors do really care and take care of their livestock 
Well, people not, might not realize this uh, this event stretches outside of the United States. Talk about uh, the states that are represented this year's finals rodeo, as well as the other countries. Well, we have 43 states uh, that, that are represented from the United States. We have membership from five pro- provincial can- uh, provinces in Canada. Uh, three of those were able to have a representation here. The other two are still provincially restricted because of COVID. We have Mexico here. Australia and New Zealand, unfortunately, are still locked down, and they're not able to rodeo. We miss them and wish they were here, but... Uh, Mexico, United States, and Canada has uh, 1,620 or so concessions here. From your experience, what does this this week mean to the students that are able to qualify, being the top four from their area, to be able to come and compete at the National High School Finals Rodeo? You know, that's kind of hard to put into words. We've got a membership of 12,000. There's 1,600 of them here. So the math tells you that the majority of the people can't make it uh, or or did not qualify. <clears throat> they have uh, qualifying rodeos within their state all year long. They culminate that with a state or provincial finals, and they get to bring the top four highest points or best scores in each event here. And uh, if you if you talk to this year, we got a new state, Vermont. They only have about eight folks here. I promise you, there'll be more. I ran into them yesterday, and said, what do you think? They said this is quite the experience. And whether you've been here one year or four, it's the same story, everybody you talk to. You mentioned to me uh, something the other day I wanted to reiterate, that uh, this opportunity for the students to compete and uh, the organization as a whole, not just about rodeo, it's also about continuing these folks on with their education. You mentioned, of course, they all want to rodeo professionally if they can, but uh, getting an education and the scholarship side of this is very important to you. It is. uh, we, We want to build good citizens and we want them to have education. Even if they rodeo, we feel like, you know, you can only do that so long. Uh, The body takes care of that part of it, but we just feel like it's very important. A gentleman spoke at the contestants meeting and said, if you can uh, go to college to do whatever you want to choose, it's going to help you even in your, it's, rodeo is a business when you get out of high school. It is a business. You got to learn how to go to them, get to them how to handle your finances, and and a lot involved, especially in the professional end of it. So education is important. And once again, I'd say nation and countrywide, we do about a million eight each year in scholarships annually. That is incredible and a great thing that you guys are doing. Final thoughts from Eugene. What else would you like to add for our listeners today? I invite you to come out and look. I'm, I'm telling you, it's some of the best athletes in the world in the youth divisions of any sport. Uh, it's settling down out here. Come to the trade show. A lot of vendors in there, a lot of things to see. Kids will be playing volleyball. Of course, one thing I don't partake in, that's the dance. But they do have a dance every night. But, uh, you know, we try to give them something to have fun. And, and you, you can tell the rodeo started. The atmosphere has changed for the good uh, on all the volunteers and all the workers because it, it, the pace has slowed down a little bit in outside the arenas. Inside the arena is picking up, and again, we had a great performance last night in all four arenas, and uh, normally they improve as we go along. That is James Hickenbotham, the executive director of the National High School Rodeo Association. Again, the event is taking place this week in Lincoln. More information is available online at ruralreadynetwork.com. I'm Bryce Dusky reporting on the Rural Radio Network.
It is time for the Midday Business Report. Bob Brogan is now joining us. And Bob, I have to include you in the the show conversation today that we've been talking about. I know it's going to be part of your business report as well. Obviously, Jeff Bezos went uh, up 60 miles, whatever it was. So I posed the question, and some have answered so far, and I have this on my Twitter page. If you had the opportunity to get a free ride to space, would you do it? And so far, 56% say no, they would not do it if it was a free ride, and only 44% say yes. So I ask you, Mr. Bob Brogan, what would you do? Not on your life. <laughs> really? You wouldn't take a free trip? If no, you... thank you. And, and and why is that? No need to. I... No, You don't have any interest uh, of taking a free trip, safe trip, up there. I'm not saying you have to spend a month or a week. You'd basically go up, take some pictures, just... Look at it and then come back down. I can I can get on the internet and look and uh, also uh, that movie that Matt Damon was in uh, that's enough for me. Um, I yeah, they believe, went to they went to Mars though. That's a little bit different. Yeah, that's uh, I, I'm not really interested in that. Okay. I'd rather do more traveling on, uh, on Earth. the Earth <laughs> than right. outside of Earth. Yeah, in okay. fact, uh, <laughs> by railroad okay. or or bus. That's pretty cool too, but not spaceship. No, okay, not right. really, not really down with that, or uh, you know, that's just not an interest of mine. Okay, not a bucket list thing. That's all right. Each to their own. Uh, but let's get back to the business report. What do you have for us? Well, uh, stocks are up a little bit. Uh, they've jumped today as and investors are back to buying following kind of a down day yesterday brought on by concerns about the uh, spread of the variant of COVID-19. And the S&P 500 was up about 1.6%. On Monday, it fell about 1.6%. So um, we're, uh, we're kind of watching that. Also, as you mentioned, Jeff Bezos blasted off, riding his own company's rocket. It was the Blue Origin's first flight with people on board after... 15 test flights i'd say they'd need about a hundred before i'd even i'd even be interested but uh hey bully for him i mean uh, why not when you're rich you can do anything you want to do uh the three biggest u.s drug distribution companies and the drug maker johnson and johnson are on the verge of a 26 billion dollar deal to settle lawsuits brought on by state and local governments across the country over the toll of prescription opioids and that word comes from lawyers suing on behalf of local governments. And in other action, uh, big news today is Kawasaki Motors plans a $200 million expansion at its plant in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I actually applied for a job at one time at Kawasaki in Lincoln. So I'm very familiar with the layout of the plant. And, uh, hey, um, I hope it goes well for them. It's a great, it's a great plant. That's right there by the airport. Yes, it is. Uh, huge, and it's th- huge, isn't it? Yeah, they took me out in the yard, and I looked at uh, all the stuff they had out there to play with, and uh, yeah, I mean, and, and things are busy. It's, it's okay. You got to know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. So if you worked there, we wouldn't have you here. It's a good thing. Uh, uh, you know what? If they'd, uh, if the offer had been right at the time, but I didn't get the job because right, I didn't right. have this. There were three of us that went out there and applied for a job. One of us got a job, and well, the other two of us went home, and the rest is history. Yeah, the rest is Bob history. Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> All right. Anything else for us here on this uh, Tuesday afternoon? Nothing, nothing else today to report. All right. Bob will not be uh, working in Kawasaki, and will not be going to space. Thank you very much.
Bryce Duskett on the Rural Radio Network, and today we have the privilege of chatting with Grady Johnson from Holders, Nebraska. It was announced on Monday that he was one of the four finalists in the area of the FFA American Star Farmer Award. Grady, congratulations on this honor. This is a big deal. How does it feel to uh, to hear your name as one of the finalists? Well, thank you, Bryce. Uh, it's it's been a goal of mine for for quite a while, and uh, I'm just happy uh, to be able to be named a star and hopefully. Uh, get an interview here in September and go down uh, in October to Indianapolis and uh, hopefully if things work out uh, we can win it so you said it's been a goal of yours for a while bring me back uh, do you remember when you first thought you know this might be something you want to do well my dad won it uh, when he was in college and I remember uh, watching the VHS tape at a young age and thinking you know that'd be really cool to do someday uh, so it's it's been a goal for quite a few years. Grady, talk to you about your supervised agricultural experience uh, that uh, has propelled you to this this honor. Yeah, so uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, I had been working on the family farm and knew I kind of wanted to uh, start uh, you know my own business uh, uh, within it, and uh, so I bought a few head of feeder lambs, and that kind of started it all. Um, fattened out my first like 50 pen of feeder lambs and I knew that uh, winter that I wanted to expand so I bought some ewes and uh, you know over my time I met a lot of great people that have helped me along the way with that project and that just kind of opened the door for uh, being able to uh, lease on my own farm ground and also uh, in recent years start my own custom corn stock failing business. So uh, kind of on that front tell me about uh, how the operation has grown from when you began to where you are today. You know, I think it's a lot about uh, the relationships that I've made uh, along the way. Got to meet a lot of cool people who, who have helped me out and uh, helped me gain a lot of uh, great skills that have uh, helped build it and helped me expand and management practices. Talk about the the process. Uh, I'm sure there was an application period you had to go through to uh, be named one of the four finalists, and uh, what it's going to be as you interview for this, and then end up in India, I believe, for the uh, national convention. Yeah, so uh, probably uh, six months ago or so, I started working on uh, the application uh, with the help of my ag advisor, uh, and it's been just kind of fine tuning that application. And a month ago, we submitted it um, for good and. Uh, found out that the panels of judges selected me as one of the final four to do an interview in September. Grady, you've uh, obviously been involved with the National FFA organization. You served as uh, state FFA secretary here in Nebraska in 2018 and 2019. Just talk broadly about your FFA experiences and what uh, the FFA has meant to you. You know, it's, it's meant a lot to me. Uh, just the fact that, uh, you know, it's something that I'm very passionate about, agriculture, and I wasn't really into sports and it's kind of given me um, a way to uh, be involved in something that I'm passionate about and being serving as a state officer uh, it was an honor to go around the state and meet FFA members and sponsors uh, who are also passionate about agriculture uh, and, and learned a lot from that. Grady Johnson from Holdridge, Nebraska, one of the four finalists for the FFA American Star Farm Award. Grady, congratulations on this. Look forward to following and seeing how things pan out for you. Thank you for the time today. Yeah, thank you, Bryce. I'm Bryce Tuski reporting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff.
Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. Let's go ahead and check in now with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. John, a nice back bounce back really across the entire market complex, but specifically in the grains, we see corn and soybeans making some gains on the day. Is it any concern, though, that Minneapolis spring wheat at the session's close starts to slide backwards, though, given just how poor their crop conditions were yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point in time, the Minneapolis wheat is going to trade the forecast going forward. So the midday model run that came out about 10 to 30 showed some moisture in western Minnesota and maybe starting to build a pattern of, ch- of change up in near the border. But I'm sitting here watching the run drop for the euro, and it's it's not really correlated. So at this point in time, I don't really know if it matters much, but the the what I like to equate the Minneapolis wheat market to right now, it's like a party that's going really late, and it's a really good party, and then all of a sudden the you know cop sirens go off, and everybody runs and leaves at the same time. That's the fear you have here, is that all of a sudden you have some sort of dynamic that changes the marketplace, and you see a retracement, and a thinner market like Minneapolis wheat could fall 50, 60 cents in an hour. I mean, that's it's that possible. We saw that this morning, not to that degree, but it fell... 20 cents in 10 minutes. So at this point in time, um, I think you've got to be really careful in that market. On the flip side, in Chicago and the Kansas City, there were some rumors that China was involved uh, in some purchasing today. No confirmation of that yet, but um, you know that that's a bullish sign. It's the second time in two weeks they've, they would have been in our wheat markets. Uh, we'll, we'll see it on Thursday if we get confirmation anything the week prior. So short term, I think it's uh, you know more weather watching. I, I, I like what I see from the bullish side. Uh, gap not filled yet on corn. We almost did it, and then from there we'll uh, we'll kind of see how uh, how it shakes out. From a macro perspective, we got the dollar index coming back as well. Uh, the ten-year Treasury yields continuing to drop. Is the inflation story starting to die out here? Well, I think you're seeing banks blow out. You know, the, the the financial industry was pretty adamant earlier in the year that we were going to see a one eight one nine, even a two percent ten year Treasury note, and we haven't even some close, come close. It's actually gone the opposite. So if you liked interest rate hedging two months ago, you're going to love it now. We've seen uh, the thirty year note drop all the way down into the one eights, and now you have like one two five uh, for the dollar. And, and even as that's going on, you're seeing uh, it weaken the euro. And you know we got ECB announcement on Thursday. Uh, macro trade has been pressured here, gold and silver down, um, but watch out. These, day, these things are just parabolic markets on different days. It's almost like a mood. Tomorrow could be a completely different mood based on whatever we get. That's John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Always learn more at danielzagmarketing.com But do remember, train future options involved risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Thank you very much, Clay. That will take care of this midday on this Tuesday. Be sure to catch the Midday Podcast sponsored by Deveni Motors, wherever podcasts are available or krvn.com.